Welcome to the NWO Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Logan Bailey. Welcome to the NWO Sports Podcast, brought to you by primary sponsor, Three Chord. I'm your host, Logan Bailey, and today on the show, we have Napoleon Girls head basketball coach, Coach Corey Kreinbrink. Thanks for coming on the show, Coach. Thanks for having me. Uh, so first, let's get into it and start with your background, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with basketball? Um, well, I kind of grew up in a, um, a basketball household. My dad's been the coach, the girls' basketball coach at Lipsick for um, somewhere north of 35 years, uh, right around there, and um, it's been my entire life. Um, I went to college originally to and with a degree in sport management from Bluffton. Um, ended up, uh, make a long story short, ended up, I was assistant at Baldwin Wallace for three years uh, as a women's basketball assistant um, uh, under a head coach, Sherry Hare, and then um, got a job at North Central, um, eventually became the a girls basketball coach for one year at North Central at Varsity, and, and then I came to Napoleon and, and just finished my seventh year um, as a girls basketball coach and teacher at Napoleon High School. So it sounds like uh, basketball's always kind of been in your in your blood with your dad coaching for a long time and you being around the sport. Yeah, you know, I've uh, as long as I can remember, I've been going to practices um, and then obviously games and um, summers have been filled with team camps and um, trips to to different places. So um, it, it's it's always felt like I, I've been uh, in a gym and it's been normal and uh, a place of comfort for me. And um, I guess as much as I tried to stay away from it uh, going through college early on, and I, I just found my way back to it. Did you always have aspirations of coaching at the high school level as a uh, as a head basketball coach, or have you ever had aspirations of coaching at a level higher than that? Um, you know, you know, I started out technically from a coaching standpoint uh, on a, I guess, a resume. I started out in college, and um, I don't know that I'd ever had anything pinpointed as as far as high school or college. Uh, I, I could see myself doing both. Um, I've gotten very comfortable with Napoleon and, um, it's, it's a fantastic community, uh, that, that loves its, its sports. And we've had a phenomenal support system, um, throughout Napoleon. And I feel very fortunate to be where I'm at. Yeah. And I mean, just looking at some of the success you've had at Napoleon, I mean, you guys were the 2021 division two state championship and you won over, uh, MacArthur Vinton Count, County, if I can get that out, 76-44, which is crazy to, to win that big of a margin in the state championship game. And even before that, you made it in 2020 to the Final Four before COVID kind of set in. And you guys were back-to-back NLL champs in 2020-2021. And, I mean, just looking at those within the past couple of years, I mean, I would say those are pretty outstanding accomplishments. So what would you relate that success to over the years, and especially as of late? Um, you know, we've had some, first and foremost, we've had some fantastic kids, but they've been very good basketball players. Um, they've had good athleticism and they've committed, committed themselves and dedicated themselves, um, tremendously. And, uh, they played for each other. They cared a lot for each other. Um, our chemistry has been extremely good, um, the past several years. And, um, you know, some of that, that, that culture stuff gets, gets credited to me, but, you know, really the kids, the kids decide on their own, they make their own choices and they committed themselves. And, um, when you, when you have a a great 
work ethic uh, and you commit yourself and you're dedicated and you care about the people that you work with um, and then you have some talent and you have a chance. And um, we had some, some kids in a group that knew they had a chance to, to be really good. And um, we, we just kept getting better and, and they kept committing themselves and um, things just kind of, kind of fell in place. Uh, you got to catch some breaks along the way. And we've certainly had games where, um, you know, we, we probably could have been done and, and even tournament games, but, uh, I think we, we caught some breaks and, and took advantage of some opportunities. And, um, first and foremost, uh, it's credit to the people that we've had, the kids that we've had, the families that they came up through. And, um, again, when you mix all that stuff with, with the community and the support system that we have, um, you, you get the, the opportunities that we we've had the last couple of years. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. I mean, even looking from an outsider standpoint, looking in, I mean, you guys have definitely built a powerhouse at Napoleon, and I feel like, like you kind of mentioned, the culture aspect. I feel like there's such a good culture between you and the coaches and the girls and the athletes and the, the community. I just feel like all that together it makes you guys a powerhouse. I mean, when I think of one of the best and great uh, girls' basketball programs in Northwest Ohio. I mean, Napoleon is always coming to mind, and I'm sure it does for a lot of people as well. And I think it also says a lot, too, um, as a coach, that you currently have a few other players uh, playing at the next level in college and soon to be another And Emma Pedroza. I mean, I look, and players like Taylor Strzok, she's at Cedarville. She's the all-time leading scorer at Napoleon High School and Division II All-Ohio Player of the Year. And Kaylee Ressler at Baldwin Wallace, all-time Napoleon girls assist leader, and Shea Pedroza and Emma Pedroza. I mean, I think what what does it mean to you as a coach to see your former players make it to the next level and get some of those significant playing time? Um, you know, we have those three, and Kate Good's also a defiance and is a very key contributor to them as well. So um, it means that, A, they they had some talent. Um, and some, some athleticism and, and, and they were able to um, take advantage of that and, and commit themselves. Um, but, but more than anything, I think uh, they understand, um, you know, kind of what it takes. Uh, there's a, there's a big step you got to take from high school to college. Uh, I think, you know, Kaylee and Taylor kind of found that out um, this year and, and Shay and Kate the, the year before. And, um, you know, I think it, it gives, it gives other kids, younger kids that, that want to maybe pursue that, uh, maybe a path and, and show them that they can. And, um, we've been able to do all that without our, the quote unquote division one stud. Um, so, you know, Taylor's at a division two school and, um, Shay's at NAI school and Kaylee and, and Cater at the NCAA division three school. So, um, there's a lot of different avenues. If you want to play college basketball, um, it's not just the, the Ohio States and the Yukons and the, the Tennessees. Um, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of, it looks a lot, a little bit different for every person. Um, so I think more than anything, they've, they've set an example of, um, if that's what you want to do and, um, that's a path that you want to take, there's a path for, for a lot of different kids. And, um, first and foremost, it takes a commitment and just a general work ethic, not only on the court, but in the classroom as well, obviously. Yeah. And I kind of like how you said it too. I mean, not necessarily players going to your UConn's and your big division one programs, but I mean, you can still have players you know, like myself. I went to the division two Finley played football. You can still go to these smaller schools and you can have successful careers. And, and that's great to see so many of your former players go on and play at the next level. That's not something that many coaches around the area can even say currently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, um, very much a blessing and I'm very fortunate to, to have, 
the, the quality of players that we've had and, and the abilities that they've had. And um, first and foremost, they wanted to go to a place where they'd be able to play and contribute. And, um, you know, I've, I've always told them, you want to go to a place where you can win as well. And whatever level that is, um, I think that, that gets blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, but when you get in the middle of it, um, you're not worried about what, what division you're at. So you just want to win the game and you want to be a successful team. So um, I think they're all uh, in, in good places where, um, where they're at and, and, and finding ways to be successful there. Yeah, I totally agree with you 100%. The next thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, your teams have played a lot of games over the years. And I think uh, I was looking at all your tournament games and over the years, there was a point in time I think you guys played so many tournament games in a four-year span that it almost like accounted for a whole nother season, which is pretty impressive in itself. But how big of an impact have those extra tournament games over the years had on your program? Um, you know, I, when you make tournament runs, obviously the games and playing in big games is is, is um, can be very advantageous to the program. Um, but as much as anything, you, you practice for an extra week or two. If you make districts, if you go from sectionals to districts, that's a whole other, you know, week or three or four practices that you get. And not only with that team, but you usually have a younger group um, of kids, too, that are also dressing and, and they're practicing every day. Um, and, and then involved with that Um Every tournament game that you win, there's there's more and more, I guess, attention from from your community and your school. So um, that just builds uh, more excitement, I think, within the program. Um, I think, you know, looking back, I actually calculated. I think uh, something. I think we've we've played around 25 or 26 tournament games in in seven years. Um, so uh, to to be able to be, I think we're we're like 22 and five or in tournament in, in seven years to. That that's that records is is kind of mind blowing when you when you stop and think about it. Um, the number of, of of quality teams that we've played and um, to be able to experience that for the kids, um, to experience the the excitement from the community, um, and to be able to to win those number of games shows we've got a lot of tough kids that that are are mentally tough and um, can can pay attention uh, attention to detail, which we talk about a lot and. Um, you know, you, you work so hard throughout the season to try to get better and prepare yourself throughout the tournament. And um, I think we have kids that have that mindset and kind of understand that path that they have to take. My question for you next is, do you think going along the lines of the, all the success you guys have had in the tournament games and the state championship, and do you feel that those have kind of helped develop your youth programs as well, like maybe getting some more girls to come out that maybe wouldn't have thought about it, but man, they, they see all the publicity that the girls are getting how well and all the success and they really want to be a part of something like that. Do you feel like that has kind of helped your youth programs? Um, absolutely. I think, you know, last, last summer, um, um, which have been the summer after the, the state championship, um, you know, we had over a hundred girls at our, our elementary basketball camp um which is which is significantly more than, than we've had and well we should have over 100 again this summer so um we're at a point now where um a, a very large percentage of, of girls and and first second third fourth fifth grade um 
have a high interest in basketball. Um, so we hope to, to reap the benefits of, of winning a state championship, you know, down the line in the next um, three or four years and beyond of, of they had a high interest at a young age and, and, you know, they, they want to be the next Taylor Strzok or Kaylee Ressler or Shaper Joe's or, or whoever. Um, and, and they see that the amount of work ethic they do and, and they see how they behave on and off the floor. They were tremendous role models. And that absolutely has a, a trickle down effect that, that we've certainly experienced and, and hopefully we continue to experience for, for years to come. I just can't believe I'm still shocked that you said you have a hundred plus girls coming out for your youth basketball camp. I mean, I think that's crazy in itself. And I'm sure that that's uh, quite a bit of fun rounding up all those little, the young yeah, girls. It's good. Coach Kramer, coach Denise Kramer is um, our varsity assistant. She's a gym teacher at the elementary and, and she kind of takes her reins during camp and she earns every single penny of her, of her salary, uh, during those, those two or three days. So, um, it's, it's controlled chaos is what I could call it. And, um, we have a lot of fun and kids really enjoy it. So, um, we're looking forward to that. That's coming up, um, here in a couple of weeks. So, um, we'll get back in that, that camp mode, um, here in a couple of weeks. And, and that's a lot of, um, smiling faces, a few tears. And, um, but overall, uh, again, we're, we're building that excitement and, um, kids are to really have an interest in basketball in Napoleon. All right. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, three chord three chord is a family owned and operated business who offers the highest quality embroidery, screen printing, sign and promotional items to customers of Northwest Ohio at competitive prices, locations in Archibald, Napoleon and Bowling Green. Check them out at threecord.com. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-O-R-D.com. We're back on the NW Sports Podcast. Logan Bailey we're here with Napoleon Girls head basketball coach Corey Kreinbrink. Now on to some other basketball topics. So kind of take me through what a typical practice looks like for your team. Um, well, I guess it kind of depends on where the week. You know, we have our schedule, our typical schedule. We have games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, so, you know, if it's a Monday, um, you know, typically – if we're after school, um, kids are ready to go right away. And, um, uh, we might start out in the classroom. We do a lot of stuff, different things in the classroom, um, depending on if we came, just came back from a game the night before, we're, we're discussing that and kind of, kind of closing that out and moving on. And, um, or, or we're talking about other things. There, there's a lot of different topics that, that we discuss in the classroom. Um, if we're not doing that, um, they're, they're stretching and, and then we're going through um, kind of a whole team drill to kind of almost like a warm up. Um, we play music as much as possible. Um, and then we try to keep the pace, the pace pretty quickly. We, we don't like to stick on anything more than more than 10 minutes um, once we get going into the season. Um, and we don't really mix up a whole lot of drills. A lot of our practices look similar and, and we, we, we get used to, to what we do. And, um, we really want to break down what we want to do well and work on that. Um, a lot of that shooting, we shoot a ton, um, in practices. We want every kid to shoot at least a hundred shots per practice. Um, and we don't want to be standing around. Um, we don't spend a whole lot of time, um, running. Uh, as far as its conditioning, we will early in the season. But once the season gets going, um, we need to find a, a way to, to practice hard enough to get ourselves in shape throughout the drills that we do and, and whether it's it's five on five or, or individual stuff. And we don't do a whole lot of five on five stuff. And a lot of it's just half court. And it's probably just 10, 15, 20 minutes of, of practice at the most. Um, again, a lot of shooting and, and a lot of working on um, individual 
drill stuff that we feel we gotta get better at and we don't get overly creative but we want to work hard at what we do and be good at what we need to be good at yeah and i mean you you answered my next question which i was going to ask if there's any specific points in practice that you're really stressing i mean you named it right there and shooting too and like getting 100 shots in practice and i also kind of liked how you incorporated the conditioning into the drills and some i know some coaches out there they may just create a specific period just to run down and backs or whatnot but I like that idea how you really like to focus and incorporate it into your drills and I feel like you get more out of it in the practice that way with whatever limited time you have with your athletes yeah I think tempo is very important and just how how hard you go in a specific drill um now we certainly there there are times especially early in the season where we we get on the line and we run and um we like to do things that I think that builds a mental toughness as well of, of doing things that that aren't easy uh and there's certainly times throughout a season if we have a a break in between games we have a week or so uh we'll spend some time running and conditioning but um throughout the season when you have games tuesday thursday saturday um every week there really isn't a whole lot of time to just spend on just conditioning and, and working you want to try to save your legs as much as possible and uh, you got to try to be efficient throughout the season it's a, it's a very long season um in the winter and you're inside the whole time so um you, you gotta focus on what you need to do and, and try to be as efficient as possible Next thing I wanted to go into is talking a little bit about schematics of the game. And are you a coach? Would you say that you adjust your playing style to your players, or is there a particular type of offense or defense that you live and die by, or maybe even incorporate a little bit of both of? Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, we try to adjust as much as possible. Uh, you know, my first couple of years, we probably had we had over thirty different sets um, from from uh, against man and zone that we used, and you know, about three years ago, um, we kind of we felt like we kind of maxed out our potential with our sets. Uh, we played in a regional semifinal against Rogers, who for the second straight year uh, we played them. The first year we played them, and, and they got us pretty good. Um, and then the second year. Uh, we were tied with about four minutes left, um, and then we, they amped up the pressure, and, and we really struggled to get into our set. So we felt like if we were going to take another step um, with that with that group, particularly, we we're going to have to to, to really um, get good at just a motion concept and be able to read situations. And um, we went from running a lot of sets with two post players to a more of a, a five out uh look and and we've done that for the last couple of years and um you know this past season uh we we didn't have the same personnel we're a, a much bigger and um you know, maybe a little more at, less athletic team and 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 weren't so i guess guard oriented uh, and athleticism oriented so so we adjusted a little bit there so um we we adjust we try to adjust as much as we can personnel wise um overall though you, you have to take care of the basketball uh, you got to find a way to rebound um, and you got to find a way to not op- knock down open shots. And um, if you can do those things, if you can get to the free throw line a few times too and make those, uh, you'll give yourself a chance offensively. And um, and then defensively, you, you got to be able to to find a way to get stopped. So um, sometimes that looks a little different with each team. Um, but but overall, um, those keys are what we have to key in on and, and how we get there uh, can depend on on who we have on our roster. 
Yeah, and I, I always like to to hear coaches' thoughts on like their philosophy for their offense or defense because, I mean, you have some that will adjust and whatnot, and then you have other coaches that are live and die by a certain offense or de- defense. And I, someone that I kind of comes to mind and really their offense uh, that kind of ran the same thing year in and year out was uh, I always think of Coach Paul Wayne. You always knew when you played uh, one of his teams uh, coaching for the boys' basketball if it would be a low-scoring game with his team slowing down the speed of the game and really looking for that one perfect shot. So that's just something I always like to hear, like what coaches' philosophies are on that and and hear whether they have their go-to or they kind of like to adjust. So that, that's interesting to hear that. And I, th- I think what you've been doing the last few years, I mean, it's been working. So I'd say keep it up. Uh, we certainly have our games where it feels like we're never going to score ever again. So, but, and our possessions are, are, feels like that we're, um, we're struggling just to score five or six points, let alone um, 40 or 50. So um, there are certainly moments um, every team goes through them and stretches throughout a season. Um, but we try to try to do the best that we can to put our kids to be successful. And um, you know, when you have kids that can make plays, it certainly makes things a lot easier. Oh, I definitely agree. Now, the next thing I wanted to kind of talk about was your strength of schedule. I mean, year in, year out, you guys are always playing, I would say, probably one of the tougher schedules in the area. I mean, you play teams like Anthony Wayne, you play Brian, Wasion, uh, Northview, the, all the NLL schools, Ottawa Glandorf. I would think playing a tough schedule like that has to benefit your team. What would you say on that? Um, you know, there's pros and cons to it. I think you got to, to measure the, the group that you have. Um, you know, those those two those couple of years were um, – we had a kids with a lot of experience and and kind of understood what we needed to do. We we tried to amp up our schedule to to prepare ourselves for tournament. Um, you know, there's some years where we're playing a real a, a num- high number of really good teams. Just becomes a grind. It can almost wear you down. Um, so you don't want to get into that situation. Um, but we want to play different styles. And we see that in our league and then just with our natural matchups and our non-conference, um, they don't, it doesn't get any easier outside of our league with, with Archbold and, and you said OG and Brian. And um, it seems like everybody we play um, is well coached and they play really hard and um, you have to be good at what you, you want to do. If you want to give yourself a chance to win, you can't take winning for granted um, no matter who you're playing, but we want to play different kinds of styles um, to help us prepare for tournaments. Uh, Cause you can play a couple of tournament games really close to each other and you don't have a whole lot of practice time. And, and by that time of the season, you, you don't want to be on a court too long anyway. So you want to go back to a previous game in, in maybe January or February where, where we're going to defend this like we, we did against Brian, or we're going to try to play this like we did against uh, a Sylvania Northview or Perrysburg or, or whoever. Um, we feel if we can play different style against different styles, um, that's going to help us uh, in a preparation standpoint. Uh, once we get to tournament. All right, we're going to take a break to hear from our sponsors, Bat Stevens Body Shop, Tenor Rams Live, Optimal Performance Fitness, Jim and His Basketball Academy, Fairchild Family Chiropractic, and Josh Butch of Sam Schweitzer Realty. For any of your auto body or collision needs, be sure to check out Bat Stevens Body Shop, voted the number one body shop in Northwest Ohio by Crescent News Readers. Give them a call today at 419-497-3111 to schedule your free estimate. Check out Tenor Rams Live. Live events broadcast on YouTube and post-game results, articles, schedules, and more can all be found on TenorRams.com. Feel free to look up their Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages as well. Optimal Performance Fitness is your go-to gym in Northwest Ohio, providing group fitness classes, personal training, and sports performance sessions for area athletes. 
Located in Napoleon, Ohio, give them a call today at 419-438-7265. Jimenez Basketball Academy strives to create an atmosphere to cultivate basketball fundamentals in Northwest Ohio youth athletes, offering one-on-one sessions, group sessions, speed and agility training, and much more. Located in Pettisville, Ohio, call Coach Jesse today at 419-551-8105. Fairchild Family Chiropractic aims to help families to get better together in the least invasive way possible. Dr. Fairchild focuses on the neck using the Blair Technique and Palmer Package adjusting to correct spinal misalignments. Located in Defiance, Ohio, call Dr. Fairchild today at 419-576-5070 to schedule an appointment. Josh Bush of Sam Switzer Realty is your go-to realtor in Northwest Ohio. Josh has a passion for our local community and is highly motivated to help you find your dream home, business, or farm. Located in Defiance, Ohio, call Josh today at 419-789-1451. We're back on the NW Sports Podcast. So moving on, uh, the Lady Wildcats have had a lot of success over the years, adding a state championship and a near state championship that was cut short due to COVID. What would you say is the next step to allow Napoleon to consistently be a state championship contender every year? Um, well, I, I think a state championship contender every year, that's, that's a monumental task. Um, I think you, you got to understand in high school sports, things are cyclical. Um, I think the NLL expanding um, and um, we're, we're maybe our schedule is going to be more, um, I guess, balanced from, from schools a little bit closer to our size. Uh, with the splits, it will, I think will help us in the long run. Um, but overall, you know, we want to get, we want to have th- three to four quality varsity players in every class. Um, I think we have a chance to, to, to kind of get to that point. Um, and we want to establish kind of our standards of, of how we work and, and what we have to do um, to win games and, and to win tournament games um, and to, to be at a, a at a level where you're you're competing for for state championships every year um i don't know if that that's that's the goal that that we want to get to but we want to get get to where the standard is where um, we want to maximize our potential and uh, if we we have some talent and and we can be potentially a a really good team that could could compete at that level and then great um if not uh, we want to maximize whatever um, kind of potential we have. And um, I think the, the biggest step that we have to take is just, just getting consistency and um, getting every kid to understand exactly how hard you have to work and, and what kind of commitment you got to have. And I think we're, we're on a good track for that. We've had some tremendous role model, models for the younger kids. And um, it seems that the, the upperclassmen um, set a good example for the lowerclassmen. And that's just, that seems to carry every year in, year out. And uh, I've been very pleased with, with the type of characters that, that, that we've had the last couple of years. And I think the, the benefit's going to continue to show. Now, kind of going on with that, do you feel any pressure to win this year after all the success you've had in years past? Um, you know, there's pressure to win every year and in every game, and um, you never want to lose. Um, and, and I've always said if, if as whenever we become okay with losing, um, then, then I'm about to find a different job um, because that's just not that's not part of a coach's mentality, really, and and you don't want that to be part of the, the player's mentality either. So um, certainly that pressure amped up um, the past couple of years. This past year, um, I think the, the expectations were extremely elevated um, to, to a lot of kids and with new faces and new roles and, and new situations that they haven't been in before. Um, so uh, certainly the, the, the pressure to win is, is always going to be there. That's, that's something you want 
it's certainly much better than the alternative uh, of not having any pressure and any expectations because um, then you're on the other side of that. So um, it's something that we, we want to keep high standards of, of how hard we work and, and holding each other accountable because um, we have that pressure where we're expected to, to perform well and win. And um, again, we have a great support cast with our, commu our community and our school. And um, you know, we're going to work really hard to try to meet our standards and expectations and um, try not to focus too much on the outcomes of games and more on trying to get better throughout the season and again maximizing our potential yeah and I like how you kind of touched on it earlier about your upperclassmen kind of passing down those cultural values and what it is what it means to to have the hard work ethic and to put in the time and really get those outcomes I think there's some programs out there that may not have that and their culture kind of gets disrupted and they kind of fall into this down spiral of just a losing culture and I really like how, how some of the girls are almost taking that over and kind of passing it on to the next generation yeah, and uh, you know we've we've definitely um, got to a situation where um, there's an expectation, at least from the kids' mind, that 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 we not only have a chance, but we should win really every game, um, and that's something that's that's extremely hard to get to. Um, so you know, once we got. Once we've kind of gotten to that, that 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 helps tremendously um, from a preparation standpoint. Of you don't have to climb over that hurdle of of we can win or, or we have a chance if we if we can play well. Um, the kids understand and have the mentality of if we do what we want to do and and do what we work on, um, you know we're going to have a really good chance to win. So um, that's certainly a, a really nice thing to have as a coach, and and that's come from obviously past success. Um, but, but being able to have that mentality, um, as a program, um, certainly the pressures come with that, but having the mentality of, of you're going to win every game, um, that you go and play is, is certainly a, a huge advantage, uh, for us and something we try, we try to try to play on throughout the season. So jumping forward next, uh, kind of looking towards next season, what are some strengths and weaknesses of your lady wildcats going into next season? Uh, we're going to be extremely young. So we've got about 27 kids um, right now looking at our roster. We've probably got 27 kids. 19 of them will be freshmen or sophomores. Um, so we've got about what whatever it is, but close to 70% of us are freshmen and sophomores. And, um, and you know, looking through our, our, our point production and the last couple of seasons, um, but really to Sophie Chips is the only one with a, with a ton of, of varsity experience as far as scoring the basketball and, um, and, and filling a stat sheet. So uh, we have a lot of new faces. We're going to be extremely green next year. Um, we're probably going to be young for, for a little while, for a couple of years. Uh, we'll, we'll just have three juniors. Um, so uh, we're, we're going to be starting from square one in some cases. And uh, But a positive of that, I think we have a lot of really good energy. I think we have a lot of potential and I think we have a lot of kids that are going to work really hard and um, try to maximize their potential and um, do whatever is needed for the team. That's good to hear. With that, do you have any kind of team camps or coaches conferences planned to attend this offseason? Uh, we, you know, we usually go to a couple of shootouts or, or try to get a scrimmage going um, with another team. So we're going to Siena Heights for a shootout um, up in Michigan. Um, we're going to team camp actually in Cedarville this year. 
Um, that's where, where Taylor Strzok is, is playing. So we'll, we'll be down there for, for a couple of days um, down by Dayton. And kids really wanted to stay in the dorms. I gave them the option of going to Cedarville or University of Tennessee or the University of Wisconsin. And they all said, um, the seniors all said Cedarville because they want to stay in the dorms and eat in the dining hall and um, kind of act like they're college kids for a couple of days. And so we're going down there and then we'll stay a, an extra day and we go to Kings Island. Um, and then we got a scrimmage. Uh, with Lima Bath, we've been scrimmage, scrimmaging Bath um, uh, either in the summer or, or in the fall uh, at preseason stuff, um, you know, for the last number of years. So um, that's a, another a really, really good program uh, that helps prepare you for, for the season. And um, we want to find things in the summer um, that 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 team can can be good at and but we also want to find some things in the summer that that team is not going to be very good at and um, try to identify those as much as possible and um, you know some teams want to play 50 60 games and many games as possible and there can be some value in playing a lot of games but um, really we want to use our the, the two two and a half weeks that we, that we have together um, and, and try to identify some strengths and try some identify some areas where we need to improve on. Yeah, and I feel like it kind of comes down to that quality versus quantity type of deal when especially like when you get into summer like you said some teams may play a lot of a lot of scrimmages or games and then like you said you can take the quality aspect and really break down and see what we're where we're good at where we're bad at and really kind of develop from there. Yeah, and there's certainly certainly the summer and AAU season um, is almost not comparable to to a, a school season um, and there can be pros and cons to both. Um, so we we want to understand that and we're not going to a game prepared for the other team and they're not going into the game prepared for us. So um, it's more of a, um, an open gym scenario. A lot of times with shootouts, um, a lot of teams are, are missing kids because there's, there's so many things going on. So um, again, we, we want to work hard and get better individually and, and identify some things that, that we, that we can be successful at going into the next season and, and identify some areas as a team that, that, that we know we're going to have to be better at. So the last couple of questions I have for you to end, uh, they're just kind of some odds and ends. So I feel like sometimes people only see coaches as a coach and they don't necessarily see an individual outside of sports. My question for you is, uh, what do you enjoy doing when you're not coaching? Do you have any hobbies? Um, uh, not enough. I'll tell you that, <laughs> um, you know, I teach and, and coach and that, that takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I try to be a Cleveland sports fan as much as possible. Um, that can be more difficult than coaching sometimes. <laughs> um, so I, I try to, uh, I tried, try to just, to, just hanging out, um, and not having a million things and having nothing to do is, is more enticing than, than it ever has been before. So, um, I don't collect coins or, or I don't read as much as I should. So, yeah. um, more just, just hanging out with, with, with people that, um, you're close to and, and having nothing to do is, is, things that I look forward to more than anything. Oh, yes. I, I totally believe it, especially as busy as you are. I don't blame it. But, yeah, like I said, sometimes uh, people don't – I feel like sometimes when people see coaches, they don't necessarily think of what they do outside of it. So I thought I was curious to see what kind of hobbies, what you do in your Yeah, I mean, I, I, got, I got to buy groceries and, and, and do everything everybody else does <laughs> right. too. But um, I'm not very cool. I don't have any, any cool hobbies or anything. <laughs> So my last question for you is um, just kind of it's been in recent OHSAA news. Um, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the name, image, and likeness proposal for the OHSAA athletics that did not pass. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Were you for it? Were you against it? Just tell me a little bit about that. 
Um, I, I don't, I don't know if this is a political answer. I really didn't have an opinion either way. I don't know that's going to affect very many kids. Um, and there's, gonna, there's not going to be a ton of situations. I think people were going are going to take the aspect of, they think they're going to make all this money. Um, but really you're, you're not talking about a whole lot of kids. Um, really some of the better football players, um, is, and maybe some, some basketball kids in there as well. And, and more in cities, than anything like that. Um, maybe occasionally you'll get a small town hardware store that will that will have a commercial spot uh, um, spotlight the kid and and they'll get some money from that. But I don't know that anybody was going to get real rich over it. It's certainly not going to be the the stories that you see with with the top athletes in the NCAA. So um, I think more than anything, that there was a lot of un, unknowns about it, and I think that scared. Um, schools and principals uh, as much as anything that um, they didn't want it to be a wild west and um, get into a situation that they would regret. So um, I think eventually it will happen um, when, when the time is right. Um, I just, I don't think it's going to affect a, a huge percentage of kids and, and really make it, make a huge impact overall. And um, it could be a good thing for, for the top, the top high school kids and, and recruits. And um, hopefully it's not something that, that, that uh, parochial schools can can use to entice kids, um, but but overall, I, I'm not sure it's going to be a, a, as big as deal as, as some people fear. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you. I kind of I w- didn't really have a strong opinion either way. Um, just like you like you said, I really don't think at the high school level, like you said, it's not going to be anywhere near what it is at at the college level. So I was kind of impartial to either side too. But I'm just curious to hear what you had to say about that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a number of things I think people, people want to get the the Armageddon theory in their head and and think about the worst possible scenarios and all of these bad things are going to happen. But at the end of the day, um, you know, a, a lot of changes are made and, and uh, they're nothing to hold as much as everything changes, but everything's still the same at the same time. So um, uh, just like anything else, uh, I think it will happen eventually. Um, uh I just don't think it's going to have as huge an impact as people think. Well, Coach, that concludes our NW Sports Podcast. I just really want to thank you again for coming on the show, and I want to wish you and your team good luck in the next season. All right. Thanks a lot, Logan. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks to all those listening. Thanks again to our sponsors, Three Chord, Bat and Stevens Body Shop, Tenora Rams Live, Optimal Performance Fitness, Jimenez Basketball Academy, Fairchild Family Chiropractic, and Josh Bush with Sam Spites Realty. Stay tuned for the next NWO Sports Podcast in the near future.